Welcome to the Data Bites podcast by Women in Data, where we give you your weekly bite-sized dose of career development advice, industry case studies, and career stories to help you excel in your data career. Today, I'm joined with a very special co-host, Samta Kapoor. Samta has been a co-host on the show a couple times before and is a managing director in applied intelligence at Accenture. Happy to be co-hosting this session with you, Samta. Thank you, Sadie. I'm very excited to be here. In addition, I'm excited to welcome to the podcast, Lon Guan. She's a senior managing director at Accenture and currently leads the global AI solutions with Accenture's strategy and consulting domain. Lon has published many industry white papers and journal articles about the growing impact of AI on corporate transformation and has also co-authored a management handbook, Selling Through Someone Else, How to Use Agile Sales Network and Partners to Sell More. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank you, Sadie and Samta, for having me. Yeah, so I want to start off and just dive right in and ask and see if you can provide us with an example of an AI strategy you helped develop that changed the trajectory of a company. Of course. Yeah, I have so many examples to share on this topic, uh, but let me pick one, um, uh, which is a, actually a recent example uh, where, whereby I drove the strategy and execution of uh, creating pre-configured AI enterprise solutions for Accenture. Um, so that the importance of this is, this is something undone before, okay? And Accenture AI team is the first one in the industry doing something groundbreaking uh, like this. So I'm so proud of that. Um, th- let me share a little bit of background. What's the driving force behind this? Why did we pick this strategy? Uh, I will summarize into three drivers, okay? Uh, first of all, AI is evolving and maturing uh, at such a fast pace, right? First, um, if we look back like 15 years, right, of the AI evolution, uh, it's a no-brainer that first stage of AI, right, is was for uh, what we call the internet companies, right? Okay, Facebook, Amazon, they were the first one adopting AI, right? Then the second stage, uh, of course, is uh, is moving to like 10 years ago, right? Moving to like what we call sector-specific AI, uh, where, you know, good label data actually exists, right? In certain, certain industries like financial services, insurance industries, right? So that's when you see the booming of AI. Well, over the last five years, right, AI is doing a lot more, okay? AI is actually doing sensing, right, seeing, you know, uh, or even seeing, right, using computer vision or even speaking, right, via what we call the conversational AI or speech analytics. Um, so that's that, that was the first three stages that a lot of us are familiar with. So while most companies are still grappling with using what we call as weak AI or AI assistant mode to make today business process faster, right? The focus was, okay, how do we optimize today's business process? AI full automation, where AI actually will be playing a more, you know, more autonomous role and can even create reasoning, knowledge, right? And being action is actually not too uh, far away. So I'm sure many of you have heard of the Netflix thriller, Mr. Puzzles, right? I actually watched it last weekend. So this movie was actually created by a robot, 
Okay, how did robot do that? Robot basically learned from four hundred thousand hours of content and started, you know, creating its own horror movie. So what does this mean, right?、Um, companies like Accenture,、uh, we are actually at forefront of applying a lot of this cutting-edge AI research capabilities to business priorities, and really bring bringing them to the bear, right, so to speak. So that's the first driver. Right, second driver、uh, is actually quite simple. Okay, client, right? A client actually wants speed to value. They are getting tired of experimentation and POCs. Right, that's what we used to do: set up the lake, let's you know play with data, let's do a lot of data discovery. That's not what they want anymore. They want value realization from AI at speed. Okay,、uh, I would say the last driver. Why we set up this kind of strategy is actually AI software and solution market, right? Is exploding. There's so many research out there, right? I think what's fascinating to me is the enormous size of this market. Okay, a hundred billion dollars total addressable market. Okay, that's what everybody is looking at. And within that, sixty percent, right? Sixty billion is actually dedicated to AI solutions, right? So this is what everybody is going after. And then the rest of the forty percent is actually what we call AI for data. Why is that important? Because once AI is actually applied, right, to create more data, to you know, you know, generate to to make data more trustworthy, right, will come back to actually help improve the efficacy of the AI. So I just want to share these three drivers, right? Why we, you know, pick this strategy? Why we decided to take such a bold move? Right to invest in AI-powered enterprise solutions, such that we can help companies right unlock more value from AI, and and by doing that, and the way that we do that is actually to keep very crucial business objectives in mind. For example, accelerate their journey to the cloud for client, grow their revenue in the post-pandemic age. Right, and also optimize their operating costs in a completely different working environment. Uh, and let's not forget, right? At the last, at the at the last, also transforming their entire workforce to be future ready and become a more、uh, responsible and sustainable business. It's an exciting time for technologists like myself, right, to be leading from the front with our AI expertise and business acumen to make a real difference in the market. So this is the, what this strategy is all about. Yeah, appreciate you outlining it so clearly with the three drivers there. And just to dig in a little deeper, you know, there's a ton of opportunity in this space, and it's an exciting time, as you mentioned. But we're still hearing things such as, you know, 80% of analytics and data science projects fail within companies. So I'm curious as to what you see. As some of the ways that businesses can better align their business goals with their AI implementation to combat projects failing and making sure that there's success, not just from a technical side but also from a business side. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good question, right?、Uh, that's the kind of challenge that we oftentimes hear from our client too.、Uh, I I interpret that question to be something like, okay, what are the key factors, right? What are the key factors that should be in every AI strategy?、Uh, to be if you know the 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 end you know the company who actually you know、uh, will be doing so well, right? With these two things. Right, then they they will have a better chance, right, to actually achieve the desirable outcome. 
So what are these two factors? Um, uh, the first one, I, I think it's, it's always about ability to adapt to constant changes and stay resilient, right? That applies to AI too, right? Um, so I, I, I think this is, the, this is one of the adaptability is one of the most important characteristic inside every strategy. Uh, let me share a personal story why this is so, you know, top of mind for me, right? Um, so in a recent interview that I did, right, I actually shared this story uh, with many people. My first grade teacher in China, okay, Mrs. Chen, right, she was the first one who taught me the importance of uh, adaptability. And in her own words, right, counter changes with changelessness, changelessness, Okay, I can even say that word. So again, the first the first character I learned from her as a five year old was water, right? As she said, in this character, this character, right, in Chinese culture, actually hold a lot of power, right? Water is such a powerful symbol because it's so adaptable, right? Uh, it takes many many different forms, but it never never loses its core uh, principle, right? So I want to apply that this concept, right, to uh, you know uh, implementation of AI strategy, right? How do we make sure the strategy that we put in place is adaptable, right, to many, many different uncertainties, right? Many, many different nuances arising every day. Again, I cannot stress enough, right? Ability to harness the, the you know, the, the, all these changes, right, and make sure your strategy to execution, this whole journey is resilient, right, is, is so important. It's such an important factor. In fact, that's where I, on the opposite side, this is where I have seen some of the, you know, uh, uh, examples why, you know, AI strategy was not actually, you know, uh, achieving the result, right, it's simply because it was rigid, okay? It was built for one particular, uh, you know, uh, uh, one particular instance or one particular pro business priority. It's not flexible, Right, and that that will thrive in today's environment. Um, I will also highlight the second important factor, right? Um, maybe a little bit different way of answering your question is, um, I think I see one commonality in every successful AI strategy is actually putting human right in the center of the strategy. Okay. It's all about AI for people. That's something that I'm very adamant about. And hopefully you, you have heard that, you have seen that, right? Uh, how we carry out this principle, right? In the AI strategy, AI solution strategy that I discussed earlier. So to me, AI doesn't always have to be something flashy or cutting edge that is only associated with sci-fi films, right? There's so many people doing that. I actually think that that's not something that, you know, we should be over-investing. It's actually very important to improve every day, what we call the everyday life around us, by embedding AI into how we shop, how we eat, how we exercise, how we live, right? And, and that's what I mean by making AI invisible, right? Uh, so in this case, right, putting human in the center of AI strategy and AI implementation, right? Um, and, uh, you know, making AI, the power of, of AI so relevant to everyday life, that's another critical factor that I want to highlight here. Yes, and I love the example of the water. You know, we talk a lot about agile methodologies and agile strategies, and I think the water example just provides something really visual to bring that to life. 
But I'd love to know if you could dive in a little bit more about that adjustment of the strategy. So when you're doing that initial prototyping and testing, you know, how do you stay agile? How do you adjust it, but yet not stay in it so long that you never get final results and achieve the goals you're wanting to achieve as well? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a very practical question, right? So how do you implement that, right? Everybody knows being agile is so important, but what are the two, three things that, you know, I always advise the client? Um, I, I, I think I will, I, I will highlight, again, you know, maybe two, two, two examples here, right? And uh, I think the first one is uh, always, right, when you implement AI uh, uh, strategy, always need to be goal-oriented. Okay, um, so that is so important, right? Almost like you have to time box, right? You have to time box something and you always have to keep that North Star in mind, right? Why do I say that? Because as just as uh, many technologists, we always have the tendency, right, to, to be perfect, right? Perfection is, uh, is something that we love to do, right? So again, I think we have to change that habitual thinking, right? And actually say, okay, you know, maybe this is not the, you know, best performing model that I, 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 I will be able to produce, but it's time to move on, right? Let's be agile. Let's be, let's learn from our, you know, mistake, right? That's, uh, you know, uh, set aside that, you know, goal of being perfecting and really keep in mind, okay, my, you know, my goal here, right, to implement this AI solution or AI strategy is actually to achieve certain business outcomes. Right. To me, that's something that very important us tech, as technologists, oftentimes, right, we need to remind ourselves all, almost like all the time, not even oftentimes, all the time. Otherwise, you, you know, you know, this being agile will just be theoretical, right? Very theoretical term. I love that example of just keeping it top of mind all the time. And yeah, I'll hand it over to you, Santa. Thank you. Thanks, Siri. Dilan, we're going to pivot a little bit from uh, talking about AI strategy and the business to talking about you, of course, related to data and AI as you're um, a leader in that. Uh, but I know you had mentioned that there was a turning point in your career um, where you realized that it's not only about the focus on, you know, making sure that you have the best technical skills in the market, uh, but also being more business savvy. So what led to that realization, Lan? <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, um, what led to that realization? What was the tipping moment, right? Um, so uh, I want to share my personal experience, right? I want to, you know, again, my personal story here. Uh, uh, I, I think the, the, that realization, the timing of the realization was actually early in my career, okay? I would start by saying, <laughs> using this cliche, right? Like failure is the mother of success, Okay, so uh, so this is an example where I actually, um, you know, make, made a mistake, just like many, many people, right? I learned from it, right? And then I also treat that as a tipping moment. I'm like, okay, I got to do better, right? I got to learn from that and do better. So what is that story? So early in my career, okay, I learned uh, a very valuable lesson when I actually over-communicated technical details, right, with a business leader, right, just like many, you know, young technologists, I had the natural tendency of being super proud of the technology I built, whatever that is, right, and got carried away with many excruciating technical details in my meeting with this uh, client CMO, 
right? Because I was not putting myself in client's shoes. I was throwing around many technical terms, lingos, right, in my presentation. And in that case, even with such a good intention, right, ultimately actually led to a very confused client. He didn't get it. <laughs> okay. It's like, Lauren, you talk a lot, right? Um, this is so technical. I don't, I don't understand how this is helping me, right, as a business leader. So when I realized what I had totally missed, I, I immediately took uh, responsibility and actually went to the client, right? I asked for help. And I asked for help from him to learn more about their business. Okay, so uh, the client respected my openness and honesty and actually gave me the coaching, right? Spend time with me and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and kind of taught me why is it important to have a business mindset first, even with the best technology that you can build, right? So um, I only had to uh, make this mistake once, right, to learn from it and actually uh, made up my mind to pursue a business degree on top of my research and technical chops, right? So sometimes I would say that was my, that was my uh, reflection uh, point, okay? That's what I learned from that uh, uh, failure moment. Yeah, no, that is very, very interesting, Lan, and very similar uh, to what I had gone through and why I went and got like, engineering management degree as well as an MBA because I was like man this is not gonna work if I just talk circuits uh, so definitely very similar to what I've been through as well um so in your storyline out of curiosity like what was the outcome so you know then you of course I'm sure had to pivot for your discussions with other stakeholders um as you were having those like what was the outcome of all of that <laughs> yeah, I, I think every story has a good ending, right? <laughs> so it has been super rewarding, okay? And I have to, here I have to thank my employer, Accenture, and many, many leaders I have worked with uh, over the last 17, 18 years along the way, right? They are so accommodating and encouraging, right? During my own kind of a transformative journey, right? Uh, many of them provided personal coaching to me and share personal tips that they have learned Right. And they were bold enough to bring me to many, many C-suite meetings. Right. Such that I got the firsthand experience how the board uh, members think. Right. I can hear from them. I can see from their eyes what matters to them, what's important in CEO's mind and how to master the art of communication. Right. To be more persuasive. Right. Uh, how to break down a complex technical subject into, you know, digestible chunks, right? How to use uh, kitchen languages, right? In a technical setting. Oh my God, I learned so much, right? So uh, from all this experience, it's so rewarding. Now, I think I'm, I'm one of the leaders, sometimes just like you, right? Who can master both the business and technical side uh, of, uh, of challenges and, and actually, you know, show confidence, right? Be confident and passionate about communicating of the value of our work to both business and technical audience. So again, I think the so far the outcome has been rewarding. We'll see. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. Lan. It's interesting because that's what was coming to mind as, um, as you were speaking. Like, what are your thoughts on can we do both? Or like, is there a challenge that one's, one faces uh, when they're trying to do both? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, um, I, I wouldn't say you can do both, okay? I wouldn't say that's not possible. Uh, but I do want to acknowledge, right, for all the listeners out there, right? It is 
hard, right? It is hard. In some cases, extremely hard, right? Because it's about changing mindset, changing how your brain, right, was uh, uh, already hardwired, right? Because we all get trained as a technologist, right? We're so good at the, our craft, technical craft. Um, my advice to every technologist who face the similar, I would say similar dilemma, okay, is actually uh, practice, practice, practice. There's nothing more important than that, okay? Over-preparing is the key in every C-suite meeting involving technical subjects, okay? Uh, always think about your meeting plan, okay? Think about, take time to plan your meeting before you walk into the boardroom or CEO's office, like what I did when I was uh, 20 plus something, right? Uh, uh, Over-prepare, okay? Know your audience. Um, and also ask yourself the question, what do you want to learn from the business side, right? What is that learn point? Uh, also, what can you teach them, right? Because again, especially in our role, we're consultants, we're advisors, right? We're not there just to learn. Client is expecting value from us, right? What can you teach them, right? What are the key outcomes that you want to achieve out of the conversation, right? To my earlier point about being object, uh, objective or goal-oriented, right? Always keep in mind, right? When the conversation is getting intense, right? It's getting, uh, you know, uh, uh, more complex, right? Remind yourself, what are the key outcomes? What are the, in some cases, what is only one outcome, right? Lower your bar. What is one single outcome that you want to achieve out of this 15 minutes conversation or whatever, right? And also do, um, uh, after action review, right? Um, you know, I always reflect what I learned from the meeting, right? And, and uh, you know, spend time and actually you know, write down two, three things that I actually learned from that meeting. What have you missed, right? What can you do more or do less, right? So I don't think there's the one size fits all. There's no one single recipe, but I, I, I'm just sharing all this micro steps, right? That I have been benefiting from and I believe all of you, right, uh, or take uh, or take time to 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 exercise this, and uh, I believe all of them will pay off very very quickly, so that you can actually become the master of both technic uh, technology and business. Yeah, and another thing you've talked about quite a bit is a term I think you call effortless networking, and I'd really like to dive into this a little bit more because. I know for a lot of us, networking and effortless do not go hand in hand, right? but we all know the importance of networking. So can you explain a little bit more what you mean by this effortless networking? Of course, of course. Yeah, that's a term that I hope at some point one day I can coin, I can trademark. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I'm a huge believer in effortless networking. Okay. I write about that. I talk about that. Right. I preach about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it started because oftentimes I got questions asked, right, by people, right? When I was doing like recruiting, when I was uh, talking to, you know, new hires who's coming to the company, right? And they always ask one common question they always ask is how do you know so many people right did you spend a lot of time on it on it is this the only thing you do right how do you manage that right given the consultant kind of uh, uh, lifestyle how did you manage that how did you how did you make it happen well I, I always tell them effortless networking is the answer okay maybe it's a little bit of Sadie maybe it's a little bit in in the blood right as, you know as yeah. you know for me as an economist right uh, I'm always very conscious about ROI return on investment 
right? How do I maximize right value out of the scarce resources we have, right? Let it be time, focus, uh, uh, or brain power. I don't mention money here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but money could be another skills uh, resource, right? Um, so when do I get to that diminishing margin of return, right, of what I do, right? How do I find that equilibrium in everything I do on the opposite side, right? When is the tipping moment? Um, so I think this mindset, right, also applies to networking, okay? What do I mean by that um, is uh, actually, at, you know, to me, networking doesn't need to be formal, intentional, right? And something requires a lot of effort, right? If, if that's the case, I think people will have less right interest doing that because you're putting a lot of effort, right, into that. So for example, uh, prior to COVID, right, I travel a lot, right, as a consultant, just like Samta. In order to maximize the connections I could make, I came up with a clever way. I, I actually made a goal of myself, right, to have one conversation per flight, right, with the person sitting next to me. Okay, sometimes it's a little bit awkward, right? I have to start the conversation, but I would say 95% of the time, people sitting next to me were very friendly. They also want to talk to someone, right? To kill that five hours, right? East Coast to West Coast kind of flight time, right? So I really enjoyed that. I think so far that has been uh, 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 really, really working for me, right? I even wrote a blog a blog about that, right? Basically, the blog is about people sitting next to me. Hopefully, at some point, I can turn that into a book <laughs> uh, to basically share what I learned from their stories. So again, using my personal example, right in this case right uh effortless networking is something all of us can do right you just have to start it yeah i I definitely hope that turns into a book and definitely let me know when it comes out because i would love to read that so as we wrap up today would love to just end with what advice you have for leaders but particularly within the space of ai yeah, so um, I, I think there's so many things I want to, uh, uh, you know, I want to share with the with the listeners here. Uh, but if I have to pick two, um, I, I I I I think these are the two <laughs> two most important ones. Okay, uh, and actually, I wouldn't call that call them advice, right? These are the things that I remind myself every day too. Uh, first of all, okay, I I personally believe now is a prime time for women. And more generally speaking, right, people like me with very diverse background, right, to actually thrive in the AI space, right. Um, that's why at, at the beginning of the, the 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 talk, right, I share a little bit about okay, you know, how I see AI is evolving, has evolved, that right, AI will be evolving, right, things like that, right. Uh, but to me, it's just the the amount of opportunities, right, in front of us is enormous, right. But each of us needs to do our part too. Okay, um, so the, my first piece of advice is uh, seize the boundaryless opportunities in front of you. Okay, consider uh, consider pairing your STEM skills right with uh, an industry that you are passionate about. Right, don't just uh, focus on technology alone. You learned that from my story, right? I made mistakes. So you want to, you don't want to make the same mistake again. Um, you know, uh, basically combine business and technology together, and this could range from, uh, uh, like for example, healthcare to entertainment, right? Uh, you know, uh, could be mining to agriculture. You name it. Okay, uh, so always think about that kind of combination. Also, you should be open to change. 
right? And and new ideas, right? To grow your skills beyond your degrees, right? That's why earlier I, I talk about adaptability, right? So uh, so again, in this case, could also means that pursuing additional certifications, okay? So being a good student is equally important as being an effective teacher for every leader in AI. I'm always proud of myself as a lifelong learner. And uh, many of you probably have noticed that that's even in my LinkedIn tagline. Okay, that's one of my brand. So, so many things to learn every day, such that we can all be advising, you know, in my case, client, right? In your case, could be people around you, could be your coworkers, right? Advise them with the latest and greatest technology or knowledge, right? When it comes to AI. So again, it's first one is about boundaryless, uh, you know, opportunities in front of us. We, we just need to seize it. I would say the second advice is, it's a rewarding career, okay? And go, go so please go uh, at full speed, right? Uh, uh, to, 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 to do that. Each of us has the responsibility, right? To be the role model for younger generation, okay? Use your success, right? To bring goodness to the world. For example, I have a passion for developing and leading programs that address the you know, very urgent need for more women in technology, ranging from empowering minority women from immigrant communities with STEM skills, right, to inspiring young makers from around the world to innovate. I just came off a call two hours ago uh, discussing how Accenture can help, right, uh, in this uh, wonderful initiative called AI for All. Right. So it's basically helping youth, right? Younger generation, high schoolers, college students to embrace AI when they were still very, very young. So that's that's the kind of things I'm super passionate about. Right. When we connect the power of AI with connect uh, with the power of people. Right. That's when the magic happens. So. Sadie, I, I have so many things to talk about, but uh, <laughs> I will share the few top advice. Yes, I love it. Well, we'll definitely have to have you back on the podcast, uh, but I think that's such a great place to wrap up today with some really inspiring words with thinking about this boundless opportunity that we have and being role models. I love to say that if you have the opportunity, have the awareness to be in this space, you know, we all need to step up and be teachers in this space. So I love those words of encouragement that you leave us with. And I just want to say a big thank you to Santa for coming on and co-hosting today. It's always a pleasure to see you and um, chat with you and have you ask these fantastic questions. And thank you so much, Lon, for sharing all your wisdom and insight and experience with us. Um, lots of inspiring words to live by and also great strategy that we can take and implement with our businesses. So appreciate both of your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Sadie. Thanks, Lon. If you're looking for more resources to further your data career or find your tribe, we encourage you to become a member at womenindata.org. See you on the other side.